Hey, want to learn about the latest trends in digital marketing? In today's connected world, information is plentiful and always changing. It's difficult to keep up. Each week, we bring you the latest digital marketing news in easy, digestible format. Say goodbye to hours of research and learn everything you need to know right here. You are listening to This Week in Marketing. Hey everyone, welcome back to This Week in Marketing show, also known as the Twim show. I'm your host Sajid Islam and today I'll be going over the notable news and updates in the digital marketing space from the week of June 1st, 2021. Today, first of all, we are going to start with Twitter and me, Twitter Blue. Well, what is that? Well, this is Twitter's first uh, ever subscription offering. In fact, this is the first time any social media platform has come out with a subscription offering. So what does Twitter Blue do? Well, it allows use Twitter users to across premium features, including tools to organize bookmarks, read threads in a clutter-free format, and take advantage of an undo tweet feature, which is the closest thing Twitter will have to the long-requested edit button. Now, if before you get all excited and say, hey, I'm, and you know, start thinking about how can I get Twitter Blue? Well, it is only available to users in Canada and Australia. Why these two countries? I have no idea. It doesn't make any sense, but Twitter decided to roll it out there first to test it out before they bring it to probably US. Usually, platforms launch uh, features in US, except probably if I have to think about it, um, YouTube Shorts launched in India first before they came to the US. So maybe it's one of those things, they're testing it out for whatever reasons. So well, there you go, folks. That's the update with Twitter Blue. But it's interesting to see how the social medias are evolving to pay for and charging users to access premium features while they're still making ad revenue. So we'll see. Okay, let's go to the next one. Next up, uh, Twitter launches something called the Bard Watch tool. Well, what is this? It's it's a feature where Twitter, along with all the social media companies out there, realize there is only so much uh, uh, they can do to curb misinformation. You know, especially when they're serving like millions and billions of users, individuals who are somewhat opinionated, right? So Twitter says, you know what? We had enough of machine language and artificial intelligence and figuring things out and algorithms and let's try a different thing. Not that they're giving up on the things that they're doing already, but they're saying let's try something different. So they're calling this tool called Bardwatch, which is basically rely on community-based crowdsourcing. So what this will essentially do is allow users to attach notes to tweets that carry misleading information. The notes will serve to provide further context, either clearing up the author's intention or simply falsifying their information. So, guys, listen, this is a great feature, great, you know, Twitter came out of the gates and says, you know what, it's misinformation. So let's just mark it and let other people, like, you know, co comment on it. But can you imagine how bad how bad this will be where one group are going to say well covid coronavirus covid-19 is real the other group is going to say covid coronavirus covid-19 is fake right and they're going to clash because i feel like you know well with user generated content and this is not like nothing new the web the internet as we know is user generated content right anyone can put up a website anyone can say whatever they want to say it's for the person on the other side to consume and figure out what is right what is wrong 
Now with social media, obviously it's easier because now we are, we have a connect, we have connections. It's a network effect, but it simply should they should have just looked through those lenses and says, you know what, we cannot police this thing. Facebook started doing it. Everyone started doing it, and like the pressure is on platforms to do something, especially from the lawmakers. But you know what, they should have just said, you know what, I can, we cannot do it. That's the nature of the internet, right? If you want us to police it, then you make laws and you tell us which laws to apply. But, you know, this Mr. CEO's big shots go in and they say, oh, yeah, we are going to work harder. We're going to figure out disinformation and misinformation and we're going to do it and we're going to do all these things. And now they are becoming the shadow police, right? They're going to figure things out. That's how I feel like, you know, this is like hats off to them. But, you know, it's just like every time and they found this out, every time they have like, you know, banned an account, someone else has created another fake account and started doing the same thing. Well, We'll see. Good luck to them. Okay, let's move on. The next update is uh, last week we covered how Twitter rolled out uh, verification after a few years of uh, keeping this on hiatus. Um, They rolled it out and they were flooded with verification requests so much so that they had to shut it down. Um, After a few days, they're like, you know, well, we are not going to take it anymore. We pause it because we had enough. And then four days later, they says, you know what? Okay, fine, we're resuming it. So if you are listening to this and you want to get your account verified before you get excited and go put your you know, best foot forward, here are some things you should know. Number one, if you have applied, you will probably see a blue tick in your, you know, next to your username. And if not, you can apply again in 30 days. That's one. They also said, you know, they are going to verify users from six distinct categories, which are government companies and organizations. Then the next category is news organizations and journalists. Uh, The third category is sports and gaming companies, uh, sports and gaming. The fourth is companies and entertainment uh, fifth are activist com- companies, organizers, influential inter- individuals. I guess that's the sixth one. Uh, though they said they're planning on expanding these categories. So figure out where you fall in these six categories. Uh, I mean, if you're government, great companies, organizations, or if you're an influential individual, which you probably can market us and f- request it and see if you can get um, approved or not. Okay, with that, let's move on to the next one. Next up, we have YouTube. Uh, so YouTube basically made an announcement uh, on June 2nd that they have paid over $4 billion to the music industry in royalty. And 30% of those content came from user-generated content. Uh, so why this is such a big thing in our show is that this just shows the power of YouTube. Oh, the other thing I have to tell you is they YouTube is saying they have added more paid members in Q121 than any other quarter since launch of YouTube Premium. Okay? This is big, folks. So what YouTube is saying, you know, they have over 2 billion users watching their music videos monthly, but they're not saying other videos because YouTube is like, you know, pretty big music and other how-to videos. And, you know, it shows like this also gets uploaded to uh, YouTube, educational videos, things like that. But what YouTube is saying, look, we give users two choices. One is to uh, either pay, 
it's free, but you pay with your attention, like people who cannot pay. Uh, and this is uh, available to all the 180 countries in the world. And they have subscription where people choose to pay uh, with their wallets. Right? And this is available in 96 countries. But the fact that they're paying $4 billion to uh, the music industry shows you the rich uh, that YouTube has. Uh, Spotify, I, if I remember correctly, actually paid about $5 billion. So YouTube Music, even though it's small, it's very new into the game, it has really moved forward. And with new content and everything that's coming up, and the new formats that are coming up, I think YouTube is going to continue to grow. The point here for you all is that YouTube is the channel to focus on and to uh, invest in if you're not already doing so. That's all. Okay. Uh, let's move on to the next update, which is uh, the five updates to YouTube analytics. And um, this is something you want to know. So the five updates are number one is YouTube is revamping and giving membership metrics that will now report on videos that help the channel gain or lose more members than usual. So this is a great update. Uh, now from mobile, the second update is now on mobile. Uh, you can see, uh, uh, you can view other channels your audience watches as well as other videos your audience watches. This was previously not available on mobile. You had to log in and you know watch, see this data from desktop so now this is available on mobile which makes it easier for a creator to kind of figure out what they're doing on the go uh, the next thing they have rolled out is clear information about video performance which basically says uh, um, it gives you more better understanding more visible explanation of your video performance and watch how well your video is doing what's going on uh, the fourth one is insight into revenue. If revenue goes up or down due to your channel's audience shifting to a higher or lower CPM country. So what they're basically saying is that, you know, sometimes you can have your video could attract users from US and say another country uh, and, you know, where the CPM cost per thousands is low. And so obviously the revenue you're going to get from viewers from the US and viewers from, say, Mexico are going to be different, right? Obviously, U.S. is going to be more expensive. Uh, so what YouTube is saying is previously you would like to you know, look at it and you look at your revenue numbers drop and you'll be like, oh, crap, no one's liking my video. My video is not doing so well. Maybe I, I'm, I need to change my data tactics. Now YouTube is saying because of this insights that you're going to see, it's going to help you diagnose uh, why your revenue is dropping right why your revenue is dropping is, is it because you are attracting more viewers from say mexico which is a lower cpm country versus us and that will kind of help you figure things out versus just thinking oh, your video is crap now the one thing i will tell you i keep talking about revenue this is for people who are monetizing youtube channel right what i mean by that is like if you have a youtube channel where you produce how to videos music videos or whatever videos and you generate income from them those videos then yes this is for you now if you remember in the last episode or last week's episode or last week's show what i've said is youtube is deciding now that even if you don't opt into the partners program you will be automatically into that program it's just that youtube will show ads in your video but you will just not get the revenue so maybe it makes sense for you to now get back into the game right obviously you have to uh, qualify to get into that game okay 
The last one is the engagement metrics for YouTube post. Uh, this is again for people, I think you, your channel is to have 100 or so subscribers before you could get access to this. But if you do this, uh, engagement metrics, uh, what it will say is, you know, it will show you a cha your channel's engagement, such as votes, likes on your top post uh, in the last 28 days. Again, it gives you a good sense of what's working in your channel and what's not working. Now, if you look at all these updates that I, that I just shared, you will realize that, you know, YouTube is a pretty big uh, platform. It's becoming like a pseudo social media platform where you can actually build to engage with your audience. And if you haven't known, if you didn't know this, now you know, think about how can you monetize YouTube? Doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what you do. See how can you create content that will keep people coming back to you, whether to learn, to you know, entertain or to anything else, right? Okay, with that, let's move on to the next one. This is from Facebook. Uh, again, Facebook hasn't, uh, Facebook hasn't really confirmed this. This is coming from uh, Matt Navara. He's a social media consultant and he is known to unleash upcoming new features uh, on the web. Uh, so he tweeted the other day on June 2nd, actually, to be precise, and where he says, you know, that Facebook is now rolling out a feature called anonymous posting. So the way it works is like Facebook is realizing that, you know, hey, in Facebook groups, there are people who want to ask questions, but they are afraid to ask questions. Like, especially in it, this was a feature that was already available in parenting and health groups. Uh, but what Facebook is saying, you know, there are questions that people will ask that are like, you know, really... Uh, personal, they don't want to be. They don't want to be identified. For example, if I could go into a relationship group and I'm saying, you know, hey, I'm breaking up with my uh, girlfriend or my spouse, and I don't want to really identify myself and be put myself myself there, but I would like to ask question to my group uh, anonymously, right? So, so Facebook is saying now we are going to roll out this feature where you can ask any questions you like anonymously. Now, before you start freaking out, I will tell you. Yes, if I was posting that question anonymously, everyone else in the you know everyone else in the group will see me as anonymous, but the group owner, group admins will still see my name and would be able to uh, block me or ban me if I was you know crossing the line or doing something shady or dodgy. Okay, so where I'm going with this is this in a way it's good. Uh, because I be I belong to a group in marketing, and you know, oftentimes I will have I will see the admin will come and ask uh, questions, saying on behalf of a member, I'm asking these questions because the member doesn't want to be identified, and he's asking, he's interviewing for a job, and here it is, and blah blah blah. What do you suggest? Hey, if this feature gets rolled out into this marketing group, well, the admin of the group doesn't have to do this anymore. So there is a there is a certain benefit to this. It engages people, it allows people to come back and that's what Facebook wants, doesn't it? Okay, let's move on to the next update. It's from Google. Uh, what Google announced this week was that, you know, cryptocurrency exchanges and wallets can now use Google Ads. There are certain, regu uh, certain things that have to be done before you can get, start getting excited. And before you get excited, no, you cannot monitor you cannot advertise initial coin offering and other stuff uh, you have to be uh, you have to be a currency cryptocurrency exchange or a wallet okay that's one thing google made it very clear the other thing is that you cannot run the ads to 
uh, a website to compare issuers of cryptocurrencies or related products. So you cannot like you know, have a website that talks about cryptocurrency trading signals, cryptocurrency investment advice, and start advertising it. If you do so, you are going to get banned. Now, they're going to allow this from August 3rd, and this is the first week of June. So there is a bit of a time. Uh, do check out their announcements if you want to advertise, uh, but it's probably mostly your customers who are going to apply. Uh, and they do want you to uh, make sure that your ads and landing pages comply with all other Google Ads policies. That's very important. Again, this is something new, but nevertheless, it's a good thing where Google is being the first one to allow cryptocurrency exchanges and wallets uh, advertisements. Okay. With that, the next update is from Facebook. Uh, Facebook has now rolled out these new features where now you can embed videos at any given time on your blogs and websites. Previously, you could have done this, but this was something you needed to add, have some you know, coding skills, a bit of technical, and they just made it easier uh, so that you could just say, you know, show my video starting at 21 seconds, and then you know it will start playing from there. This is a feature that already existed in YouTube for years. Uh, Facebook is doing this. I do not know how many people are actually taking Facebook video and embedding in their uh, in their websites and blogs. I still haven't seen anything. I hope they don't do that. One thing I don't like about Facebook videos is that you have to watch it at uh, the one x speed you cannot speed up the video so i usually like to watch my videos and listen to my audios at 1.25 or 1.5 speed so that you know i could actually get the information at half the time um, but facebook i haven't found it unless i use a third-party chrome extension so that's my beef with facebook number one and number two is uh facebook videos are always at 720 max i haven't seen a 1080p or 4k video so that's the other beef you know i know facebook you're trying but facebook try on other styles i mean other areas uh, but nevertheless this is a show about marketing so i thought i should share with you all okay with that next up is our friends at microsoft uh, they have rolled out uh, microsoft advertising to be precise they have rolled out uh, uh, quite a few features in their uh, product for June. So I'll quickly go over them. Number one is shopping campaign import enhancements. What they're saying is allowing advertisers to import Google, their Google Merchant Center store along with the shopping campaigns directly into Microsoft advertising, which is being advertising. Uh, Microsoft audience network now expands to seven markets worldwide, which is US, Canada, UK, Australia, France, uh, Germany, and New Zealand. They've added new market in-market audiences in UK and France. Okay, phrase match updates set to roll out in June, which is uh, similar to what Google has announced earlier this year, where, you know, basically uh, then Google is taking away modified broad match and they're going to apply it to phrase match and Microsoft is copying the same thing. Similar audience rollout. And last but not least, you, uh, advertisers can choose to import campaigns automatically from Google as changes occur in Google Ads as opposed to scheduling a certain frequency. Now, before I forget, this is actually a great feature of Microsoft. You know, I've always told my clients that, look, 
for Microsoft advertising, you, being advertising, you don't really have to do a whole lot. You create a campaign in Google Ads, you just export it out of Google Ads and you can re-import back into Microsoft Ads. And like Microsoft used to have where you could just say, hey, go and fetch my campaign every 7, 10, 15 days and it will bring it now. With this feature, it's amazing that it can do real time. The other thing is that Microsoft is basically a step behind Google. It just copies each and every feature that Google rolls out. Google Microsoft's advertising is very similar to Google because again, you can take Google's campaign and upload it into Microsoft advertising. I just wish their search engine was a little better. That's all I will tell you. The, just this week, I did a search for some, I was looking for something. I was looking for uh, something and I tried with Bing first. I really didn't get the result. With Microsoft, with Google, I just searched it. The first result was the result I was looking for. It's just mind-blowing, right? The quality of the result that I get from Google versus Bing. I know you're trying a whole lot of thing, and I know a lot of people uses Bing, so maybe there is something uh, to do where you can, if you have money, 20, you can spend 20% of your advertising money on Bing and see how what kind of retu- returns you get back. But all I will say, I wish Microsoft would um, invest a bit more in updating their indexes and getting better results from search. Hey, it's not so hard. Take a query, query it on Google, see the results, see the results your your software is getting out, your search engine is getting out, and then figure out what changes do you need to make. Or maybe I don't understand. Maybe I'm not smart enough. Maybe that's why I'm not at Microsoft. Who knows, right? Already, folks. Uh, with that, this is the end of this week's This Week in Marketing. Now you know everything to be in the know. If you'd like to read more, make sure you visit our show page where you will find the links to the articles. Once again, this is your host, Sajid Islam, signing off. Until next week, take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in this week. It was a pleasure to serve you all. Hit the subscribe button so that you remember to sign on next week. Same place, same time for another round of This Week in Marketing.